Hello, this is Faith and Create. Today we chat with Joel. Joel's a performance poet, he's a writer, he's a speaker, as well as an artist ambassador for Tear Australia. Today we talk about the value of collaboration and how collaboration with other, other artists can challenge and improve our own creativity. Joel also reads one of his latest poems, Tell Them Stories. He talks about his creative process and his faith journey and how it led to a recent book he wrote, Woven, A Faith for the Dissatisfied, and much more. So get comfy and enjoy listening along. I first um, came across you because I followed Joy Prouty. All um, right, okay, yes. And, oh, I, well, I'm a photographer. And I love her work. It's just yeah. so beautiful. And she posted about the podcast, the um, podcast you guys were doing, The Deep Place. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yay, oh, I've been really looking for something like this to, to listen to while I edit my photos. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed listening along to her and, and you. Um, uh, cool. And then um, I suppose I listened to the Anna McGann one. That was one of my faves. Mm. Do you know Anna? Are you, no. are you friends with Anna as well? No, I don't um, know her. I had no idea about her when until I heard your podcast. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it led me to go to the Writers' Festival because she came to Sydney. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. So sorry, I'm telling you a little bit of a story, but you like stories. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, so it led me to go to the Writers' Festival for the first time because she just happened to be there chatting with some other writers. Yeah. And they were talking about their mainstream, you know, creative writing experience and book writing and all that stuff alongside their faith. And I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and that came because I listened to your podcast. That's why I'm... Oh, that's great. Yeah. She's a creative. I loved her book. I passed it on to a friend. Oh, passed cool. it on mm. to a friend. And it's um, got a story of its own, that book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And, uh, again, I followed Joy. And she posted that new poem that you wrote. I came across your... Oh, yeah, yeah. Your during poem. my life during the lockdown, a bit of a lockdown poem. Oh, was it? Yeah, was it that one? Maybe. Um, okay, it was called I Came Across Your Recent Poem, Tell Them Stories. She posted, oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And I love that because stories, I, I love telling stories with my camera, um, but I just loved your words, and I just wanted to know a little bit about how you came to write it and what inspired it. And your writing process as well. Sure, yeah. So um, it was I. It, I think that's one of the latest poems that I have written. But I I try to write a poem every day. Actually, that's part of my creative process. Cool. Um, and and many of them are crap poems, <laughs> which is what we're meant to be writing, so that we can get to the good stuff. Uh, but I I wrote that um, a few weeks ago during lockdown. So we're in lockdown here in Melbourne. Um, in stage four lockdown and can hardly leave our house at all. Um, and I've been reading over my lockdown time, I've been rereading the His Dark Materials series by Philip Pullman. Do you know that um, young adult fantasy series? No, I'm not the best reader. I'm not the best reader. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe some of the listeners may yes. know it. It's... um. Uh, it's so there was a book made of his of the first of the series um, 
a number of years ago called The Golden Compass. It wasn't a great movie at all, but the, the book series is wonderful. Mm. And there's just this part in the book, uh, in the third book, I think it is, in the series, where the, it's kind of a, a, quite a climactic um, point and um, the heroine of the, of the story meets meets a lady who is coming out of the the world of the dead and uh, kind of uh, has this encounter with her and and this and the this lady says uh, to her just tell them stories just tell them stories like make mm-hmm. sure you tell them stories and I read that and I just teared up like Aww. instantly teared up with the beautiful kind of affirmation of everything I'm trying to do with my creativity and I mean really what the heart of my life is about telling them stories and so immediately as soon as I just read that that I was like oh I I need to so I used that as the refrain within the poem and then just reflected on on a little bit on my life in this pandemic time. Mm. Um, do you want me to? I'll see if I can find it. Do you want me to read it to you? <gasps> yes, I was wondering if you ever felt like reading something. I would love that. Um, where is it? Here it is. I've got it here. Um, so the poem goes like this: When the weight comes heavy upon the ones that you know. Tell them stories. When the world has been stripped bare of hopeful leaves, tell the branches stories. When the children are faced with the harshness of reality too soon and too soon, tell the children stories. When the young ones have forgotten the way to walk proudly, tell the young ones stories. When the fighter wants to lay down, when the rider wants to drop out, when the friend wants to curl up, when the people want to give up, when they abdicate, when they stumble, when they renounce and relinquish, when they forget, oh, when they forget, tell them stories. Tell them stories, tell them stories. In the face of another day when you have awoken early in the morning and the night was so cold and your bones are demanding their due and the children are screaming and the giving never hurt like this and the gnawing of the ache that is always present and you look in the mirror but cannot see that thing you swear you once were when you stare at who you have become. Tell him stories. Tell her stories. Tell them stories. So there's the poem. Oh, thank you. That's really special. Thanks for reading that. Oh, no worries at all. So, yeah, that's what um, I recently saw and, and Joy Prouty also posted that. And um, she tells she tells stories um, through her imagery. And I did also yeah. notice that you guys collaborated on daff- – I also go way back on daffodils and cartography – yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Joy is a dear friend of mine that um, that I run the um, did the Deep Place podcast with. But before we did that, we we were collaborating. Um, we met at a um, at a photography kind of gathering conference festival thing uh, in the states that I was sharing poetry at, and I had an opportunity to write a poem for her, which is something that I I often that's another creative practice that I do is. Uh, every week I try to write a poem for someone 
uh, as a way to kind of so ask different people for their stories and reflect it back to them as as poetry and um and i'd offered that to this conference and joy came up and we had a chat and, and she shared some of her story with me and so i wrote her this poem and we just connected and and then collaborated on yeah on uh, daffodils was a poem that she had written so i just kind of did the voice over for that um and and she brought the beautiful visuals that she has oh, to it and then beautiful yeah and then cartography was a poem that i had written um that she really wanted to to make a, a video out of and so she took the uh, i recorded the the voiceover for it and she took that idea and i think she was away with her family and they were like what can we do as a as a family as a creative thing oh, during amazing. this yeah. during our vacation away and and the kids were like let's make a video so they uh, and they wanted to make a video of of this poem cartography and so they made this Oh, it's such a stunning, beautiful little story. The visuals are such a little beautiful story in and of itself with that oh. um, that work that I did with her. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just really, really enjoy, enjoyed that, just wanted to say. And um, I also love seeing when artists collaborate, especially when they've got, you know, especially when they're opposite, as in you've got visual, like visual photography mixing with beautiful poetry and words and coming together to make one beautiful you know, a little film and artwork that really moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah I reckon, I just, I think um, collaboration, I think is one of the most important things you can do as a creative artist to push your own creativity. Like it's something that I have ever since I started writing poetry, I have um, really specifically chosen not just to keep it as writing poetry, yeah. but have have worked with musicians and with filmmakers um, and with painters and photographers and dancers and like and singers and just a whole myriad of people because it always every time I do it it challenges me and pushes me out of my creative comfort zone to work out okay how do I how do I change this what do I do here how can I work with this person um, I love it I think collaboration is really crucial yeah I love it and when I when I teach um, you do a bit of teaching as well um, yeah. When I teach with students, um, I just love when they all collaborate together and they, we learn things, you learn things off each other as opposed to just doing it on your own. You can get stuck in a little bubble and a rut and you can feel a bit lonely, but it's just so nice to work together and, and um, yeah, create things together. So yeah, mm, Absolutely. And back to, you know, your background, back to the beginning, when did you first realise you were a poet or where did it kind of start were you always good at writing as a kid or tell us <laughs> well I wrote I wrote a bunch of really cringe factor bad Christian poetry back in my day my teenage years um which I hope never kind of uh. ever get put out into the public world because uh. they were just really bad but really poetry wasn't wasn't a thing at all during during teenage years high school years uh, it wasn't until well, actually, I so my my creativity really started coming out with photography was the first place that my creativity came oh, came forth. Yeah, um, many many years ago, and then uh, a little while later, my poetry um, really kind of took over from the photography that I was doing. It actually began on the the border of of Thailand and Burma in an orphanage um, for Burmese refugees, for kids who have managed to escape across the border out of Burma. Yeah. I, I went there with some friends and I my first experience of being there was was uh, entering this place at the same time as 
this lady came with her baby boy on her back that she was seeking medical attention for. She'd trekked through Burma to, and she'd heard about this lady who would take her in because she couldn't go to a hospital because she wasn't a Thai citizen. And so um, she went and she arrived at the orphanage and as she arrived, she realised that, her, that her, baby, her baby had died on her back. And um, and so my first in- encounter there was was this wailing mother and and I had to my job like I kind of put my bags down in the little bamboo hut that I was going to be living in and mm. went with two of the orphan kids up into this up this little sandy jungle path and and dug a grave in this makeshift graveyard oh, for this baby boy and buried this baby boy and and it was it shattered my life like it yeah. it was um not only would I say was it the beginning of my poetry because what not only was it that but it was also it was kind of a bit of a shattering moment of my life of of my my faith I grew up in the Christian world of of my worldview of how I saw things it was mm. it was a pivotal turning point in my life and I I remember I just got so angry I got angry at kind of my upbringing that I'd been brought up without realizing the reality of the world around me i got angry at god how could god let this happen i got angry at my family I got angry at myself or i just got angry um trying to work out how why suffering and pain can happen in this world when i live in such comfortability and, mm. and i needed some way to process through the anger and so i remember sitting there and that on on the veranda of my bamboo hut right and I began to write um, it was night time and I could hear gunfire over in the oh. valleys beyond in Burma and and I just started writing and, and it kind of came out as poetry and and that really began my 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 poetry writing it was a way for me to process through what I just experienced um and to to like get out the anger and the yeah. frustration and the all that kind of stuff. So it was quite a, a cathartic, therapeutic um, thing for me at a time that I really needed it because for the next few years was kind of the years of of uh, a lot of questioning and wrestling and struggling and deconstructing of my faith and, and lots of stuff. So I needed some way to process through it, and, and poetry became that thing. Wow. That is quite so. What um, what took you to was it Burma? You said you were in. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was doing work with a um, a organisation over here that works with young people. So they they finished years and years ago now, but they were kind of run by young people for young people. So they were for at risk young people to come in and have a safe place to hang out, and some yeah. of them would stay there and live there. And we took. Uh, I was kind of helping them with internship stuff and we took some of the leaders and young people away to this orphanage. Wow. What yeah. an experience. Um, yeah. And so that ignited it. But you had the skills to to write as well. And see, a lot of people can maybe journal. I know that I journal, but I could never share my words because <laughs> they are a hot mess and I find it much easier to kind of take a image that, and you said you, you've done a little bit of photography as well, so you know what that's like to take an image. But being able to put words together, where do you think you got those skills to kind of know how to put the right words? And yeah, the right um, well, I think that I think all of our writing begins as a hot mess, and I think it needs to. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, because so when I especially like when I first started writing that, I, I'm. I can look back now and I'll cringe at that stuff and even more so as I said, cringe at the my early teenage years poetry. But I 
but unless I was willing to start with that, mm, okay. then I then I couldn't develop my skills. And it's what I it's still my like in terms of my creative process is still to start with the hot mess to actually allow myself okay. to write um, and not worry about whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's doing what it needs to do. But because I, I can take that and then I use the, the kind of skills that I've developed over the years of doing it. I can take the mess and I can construct something out of it that mm. then becomes a poem that I perform to um, thousands of people in stadiums and stuff. But if I didn't start with, if I didn't allow myself to write the crap, write the hot mess, there's nothing that I would have to construct. So a massive part of of the creative process, I think, is is simply allowing ourselves not as a poet to to not have to write good poetry, just to write whatever wants to come out. And, and I can take and then develop that. Um, but if there's nothing on the page, i got nothing yeah. to work with. Yeah. yeah, good. So, yeah, not overthinking every single word, but just being free and getting it all out and then um, seeing what you can work with after you've you've got the words out. Yeah, that's right, because I think our, our the editing part of our brain is a very different okay. part of our yep. brain than the, than the kind of the creative flow. But I think often, especially with poetry, often people start with kind of the editing. It's, it's the first thing we kind of sit there and you're yeah. thinking and planning and trying to write uh, in a certain way, whether it's with certain numbers of syllables or in a certain um, syncopated rhythm or whatever it might be. But actually, I think, I think that, for me, what I've seen the best way to work is to realise editing and construction is, is secondary, yeah. is the secondary step. And first is that creative flow, which is not about editing. It's about stepping out of our editing brain and just allowing whatever wants to come out onto the page. Oh, I love that. It's very freeing to hear that. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for that. Well, maybe I won't look so badly at my writing now. Maybe I'll let myself... No, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. And your faith journey if you don't mind I don't know sharing a bit more about it so you said you did grow up in a kind of Christian home is that is that what I heard yeah yeah that's right so I grew up um grew up in a Christian home um and uh throughout my teenage years was um kind of at at some point decided that Christianity was was for me um not just my family and and kind of became quite passionate about following Jesus and um, and w- what that looks like, I think, though, as I as I um, pursued Jesus and as I read, I got super addicted to reading the Bible as a teenager. And but what what I think began to happen for me during that time is I I started seeing a real uh, I think like separation of the Jesus I was reading about in the Bible and and what I saw of Christianity uh, and the church today. And so, mm, yeah. um, so in kind of the lead up to that, to that real fracturing moment that I was talking about before in Thailand and Burma, yeah. the, the lead up to that was a number of years where I, where I was really beginning to see, I think, to see like the hypocrisy and the, um, I remember there was another experience a few years before that, where I had been washing dishes with a, um, a street worker uh, in near where I lived, a friend had invited me along to a drop-in centre for girls to come in who, off their corner, off the street, and have a meal and get cleaned up and stuff. And mm. and I had and I she and I'd never been along to anything like this before ever. And I remember having a meal with one of these ladies and then washing dishes with her afterwards. And I and I stood there going, you know what? 
I have called myself a Christian all my life. Like I've done the youth group thing, the Bible study, the quiet times, the everything, everything, everything. And this is the first time really that I've ever spent quality time with the people that Jesus spent all of his time with. Mm. And, and, and I've called myself a Jesus follower all my life. And it was, I actually said to myself, I was like, I, I don't follow Jesus. I'm not actually like I'm a Christian in terms of beliefs, in terms of, my culture but but to actually be a jesus follower um it was so it was another real confrontational moment in my life of going i am not a christian i'm not a jesus follower and what would that actually look like mm. and so my it, it was kind of the beginnings of questioning that then led into that real confrontational moment in, in mm. on the type of border and where my my christian upbringing I, I began to have real problems with it and real, um, yeah. yeah, real real questions and doubts and struggles and wrestles, which at the time felt like I was moving away from Christianity, but, but actually what was happening, I was coming to a much more authentic way of following Jesus. Um, is yeah. is kind of where it where it eventuated to. Yeah, yeah. I actually I wrote so my latest. Um, I have a few poetry books and things like that out and poetry albums, but my latest um, thing that I released was a uh, a book that's more that kind of looks at all uh, at the faith journey. Uh, it's a book called Woven: Ooh. A Faith for the Dissatisfied, um, and the whole focus of it is is kind of exactly what we're talking about now. That um, uh, within it, I look at the the movement from what I call the sculpted self, so who we are as as sculpted by the nurturing community around us, by the church we grew up in, by the family we grew up in, the society we grew up in. And then when kind of the the crap hits the fan in life, um, yep. in whatever way that might look like, how we how we move into what I call the unraveled self, where those, those things we once felt certain about are no longer, um, we're no longer certain about, and our, our absolutes begin to kind of crack and crumble and fall and we're and we're really we're often really scared of that in the church but actually it's a it's a really necessary movement forward into into owning our own faith to to be able to question and challenge and think and doubt yeah. and wrestle and struggle um just like so many people within the scriptures did to allow ourselves to do that then yeah. and have that kind of deconstruction then also allows us to to hold on to faith to come to what i call the woven self which is the title of the book where we where we kind of um where we choose not to the way i phrase it in the book is we choose not to throw the baby of faith out with the bathwater of cultural christianity yeah. but we we come to own our own sense of faith and it might like my faith looks really totally different to my parents and my upbringing like the, the church that i grew up in and that kind yeah. of thing looks really different in lots and lots of different ways and that's a really wonderful thing that's a great thing and so for for people listening out there i think whatever wherever you're at on on your christian journey whether you maybe some of you are just like i feel like i'm at the point where i want to throw it all in my my encouragement would be that you um you don't have to to throw the baby of faith out with the bath order of cultural christianity the the wrestle through that the um the trying to work out what this following jesus thing looks like um is is crucial so um there's a plug for my book woven a faith for the dissatisfied wow so when did that come out or when is it coming out uh it, it is out yeah so it just came out 
um, sadly, just before well, it came out at the end of 2019, so just before uh, pandemic hit, oh. um, a few months before. So I was able to do my launch tour of it, um, and then um, everything happened in terms well, of the pandemic and lockdown, and so I haven't been able to continue to kind of. Normally, I tour my books around to churches and and schools and everything else, yeah. but um everything is locked down and hasn't is not on at the moment so um but you can get it from like Kurong and from book depository and all those kind of places oh great well i'll, I'll put a link in the uh, notes afterwards for all your stuff okay. so that people can check it out but that's great and just speaking of you know working moments um, um so my question i suppose is have you ever had a moment where you've really desired or had something on your heart um you're not sure how it was going to work out and then you kind of saw God at work in it, um, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. Um, I think <laughs> I think I've had many, many moments, and uh, and I wonder if that is, as well, a really necessary part of the creative process is that we, um, we don't know how most of our creativity is going to work out from the smallest um, poem that I'm writing. I don't know what the end product is going to look like to large projects that I'm working on um, again and again and again I think I've seen when I when I chose to step out in um, in faith and in risk someone said that creativity is spelt r-i-s-k <laughs> um, yeah. that I that I have um, through in my own bumbling and stumbling way of course but I feel like I have met and stepped into um into the calling of my life like whether it's so from the small stuff to to the big idea of vocation and calling and um like i was even thinking about this so it's my this year actually is my decade of being a of being a like of poetry being my full-time thing for the last 10 years so this month um the month of what are we september i am celebrating kind of the decade at the end of september i'm launching a um a decade album of different things from the last 10 years um and i was thinking about it this the other day because it was just so when i was younger i wanted to be a preacher when i grew up during my teenage years um and had had kind of visions of felt some sense of calling of 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 preaching to the masses and and that kind of thing And, and i'm not a preacher these days but i'm a poet and and I get to poet to the masses when it's not pandemic time. Uh, the incredible places that I've been to perform to like 10,000 people in stadiums and perform at the Sydney Opera House and or perform just in, in, in little homeless communities and indigenous communities and refugee communities, all these things. I was thinking about it the other day because it was after, so probably about a year after I started writing poetry on, on the border of Thailand and Burma, um, maybe a year or two, I forget exactly, but a, a student of mine just felt this little tiny compulsion to send me a YouTube clip of a performance poet named Anise Mojgani, who's a performance poet from the States. And I'd never really seen performance poetry before. I'd, I'd had glimpses of it, but not like this. And I, it was it was that moment of, of I watched it and was like, oh. Oh, I love that. I could do that. It kind of combined my, wow. my what had become my love of writing and also um, I was teaching, so speaking out in front of people lots, teaching at a theology college, I'd done a theology degree and, and all that kind of stuff and was like, oh, I could do this. And so I went along the very next week that I then randomly was invited to a poetry slam. I went along to the, the poetry competition in, in Melbourne in the city and 
Um, and everything kind of just took off from there. I started an organization called the Center for Poetics and Justice and and was able to marry this this sense of um, it's um there's a theologian Frederick Beekner who says that your vocation is the intersection between the world's deep hunger and your deep gladness. Mm. And and I felt like I was able to marry that my deep what I was passionate about poetry, marry that with the uh, this idea or with with where the world's deep hunger and thirst and pain is and, and bring these things together but it all started with just this one kid miranda who was like oh, i'm just going to send joel a poem and i think i think back to that moment now mm. and think imagine if she didn't yeah imagine if she didn't go with just this little compulsion I but it. i i can totally see that it was that that it was god present there whispering to her in this tiny insignificant inconsequential moment of just flick this along to joel my whole yeah. life wouldn't be the same. It'd be totally different if, if she hadn't done that. That is a cool story. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I love it. Oh, um, oh, love it. It's great. Well, thanks so much. I suppose uh, to finish up, you told me a little bit about what you're working on now. You're celebrating your 10 years. Yeah. Um, so are you, yeah, is that what you're working on at the moment or what are you well, I'm I'm always working on lots Something. of stuff. You do a um, poem a day. You say you do a poem a, a day. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's a bit of a thing of mine. And so I have, um, and it's part, again, part of the creative process for me is that I have, oh, I've possibly got about eight different projects that I'm working on at the moment that allows me to, when I feel stuck with one, I jump to something else. Yeah. And, and then I write something else. And so uh, a bunch of the stuff I'm working on at the moment is um, I have two fiction books that I that I've been writing that are both at kind of second draft level now and so I'm just beginning to look for publishers for those Ooh. agents and publishers yeah one is about a girl who always gets lost um has this this uh, ever since she has she was born uh, ever since she could crawl around on the ground she would always get lost and so the story it's called a story of life and death in a girl named charity wow. um and that one, like that just came to me one day I was running and I had the, the words Charity Jane Roberts came into my head, just the name as I was yeah. running, which is often where our creativity starts, not when we're trying to think about something, but just when we're thinking of something else. Yeah. Um, and then and then the words that came with it were um, Charity Jane Roberts came into this world the same way that all little boys and girls do. She was delivered to a doorstep in a boat. So I just had this random phrase come into my head as I was running one day and um, and I took that phrase and then over the last year to uh, maybe year and a half, two years, developed that into um, now it's a 75,000 word novel fiction story about a girl who always gets lost. And so uh, I've got those two fiction books that I'm working on. Um, I'm working on in terms of poetry, I'm bringing together a poetry It'll be kind of a poetry album with a musician, but also with paintings um, connected to it as well. So I've started recently um, over this lockdown period, I've, I've started painting a lot, which hadn't been a thing of mine in the past until fairly recently. I uh, And I've really loved it. And so I've been painting um, animals uh, connected to, do you know the Enneagram? Have you heard of the Enneagram? No, I haven't, but tell me. Um, it's kind of in some ways it's like a personality type thing but it's about our deeper our deeper motivations and compulsions Ooh, yep, um, yep. and so it's quite a in in some kind of christian circles it's quite a massive thing over the last few years years as a way of kind of understanding yourself and what drives you and yep. kind of the shadow shadow side of what can drive you and things like that yeah 
So I'm bringing together that as kind of a, a poetry and music and painting, and I've been painting them on skateboards as well um, as like a whole big project that I'll probably release. Um, Ooh, how, the end are of this you, year, how are you releasing next year? release that um, the, um, the paintings how, how do you suppose to release that because it's got paintings and music and poetry are you yeah, going to do a right. video so or? probably I'll be I'll um, each of the poems will come out as kind of poem songs on Spotify yep um, we'll start with each one and then um, through social media get people to uh, connect to my website and I'll, I'll be having them up on my website um, where they can buy the original painting or the skateboard or prints or whatever. I love it, um, Joel. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. This is the first. I've never done a a painting collaboration with myself. No, no. It's music, very so. cool. Oh, yeah. I love hearing all that and all the creative process and, and especially how, you know, the ideas, sometimes they're just a little idea that pops into your head. And, and um, I just love that it often starts quite small, doesn't it? And it's amazing yeah, how yeah. God... Um, I was just thinking, you know, those thoughts, I'm so thankful for when I get creative ideas because um, I just, I'm just, I'm aware that God, you know, God can pop them into your head or someone gives you an idea and um, we just can't do it on our own. It's just amazing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see. that's where all my, all my things start as little, small, tiny awesome. flickers of an idea or flickers of a thought yeah. that I... That if you can take it and grab it and run with it, it can become a something, a big, a little, uh, big things are always made out of lots and lots and lots and lots of little things. So it's about, I think, having our eyes open and our ears open to find the little things, the little whispers, the yeah. little, I call them fragments, slowing yeah. down to find the fragments of creativity that's waiting all around us and grabbing hold of those and running with it. That's right. It doesn't have to be extravagant. I love it. It can be a humble yeah. start and it's always good to have a little, for me, I've got to have a little notebook. Otherwise, those little fleeting ideas, they can come yes. and they can go. Yeah. Do you have to write yours down? Um, when, yeah, when absolutely. You get it's crucial. Yes, because it's so true that you can have an idea or you can wake up one morning and go, wow, this is on my mind. And if I don't harness that and write it down, it can go and I've forgotten it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on and chatting with me. My and- pleasure. Thanks so much for having me really enjoyed hearing Joel's story. Thanks for listening. I'm going to pop all the links to Joel's work and his books, his website, all in the podcast notes. And feel free to rate and review us if you can on iTunes and have a great rest of your day.